Hey, lovely people. How are you doing? So my name is Jenna Platt and I am on social media, that nurse who asks questions. And today I am with Becky. Becky, would you like to introduce yourself? Tell people who you are and where they can find you on social media. Yes, thank you very much. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you, Jenna. So yeah, I'm Becky Whitaker. Um, you can find me. My main platform that I use is LinkedIn. So I'm Rebecca Whitaker on there. And thank you, mum and dad. <laughs> Rebecca is spelled a bit funny. So it's an R-E-B-E-K-A-H. Names never on a cup, never on a pen. Never on anything. Oh. No, I could never go to a gift shop and get anything with Rebecca on. So yeah, Rebecca Whitaker, it's Rebecca Whitaker ACC on LinkedIn. I I also have my website, uh, Um And I have a podcast, which you can find on all your major podcast players, which is In Pursuit of the Better You. Fantastic. And that is, that's where you can find me. So this is our first time meeting but we've known each other for a little while Mm. so me and becky met um doing our foundation year in transactional transactional analysis yeah i forgot what the whole podcast was about then (laughs) what did we study (laughs) what did we talk about for a year yeah so organizational transactional analysis Mm. and that's what we're going to talk about today and without putting um, becky on too much pressure hopefully we'll have a little series next year where we can break down um the the sections of it which i found really helpful so for those that don't know what is transactional analysis oh Oh, dun, okay. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Let's see what I know. <laughs> I've got my notes here. I'm just, <laughs> so transactional analysis, it is a psychological theory around human development and connection and communication that was established by Eric Byrne back in the, oh God, I want to say 70s, 60s, 70s. Um, so it's been around a little, little while now. Um, but for me... You know, transactional analysis has just kind of become like life. Mm-hmm. So it, it's gone beyond a psychological theory into actually how I now try and live my life and how my life suddenly makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And can can you remember how you found transactional analysis? Mm. So I first came across transactional analysis actually like years ago. I did... Um, a leadership and management diploma and like a lot of leadership stuff they like to bring in a bit of TA mm-hmm. um, and it focused on the ego states which if you've never heard of transactional analysis be like what the heck is the ego states but we can come on to that a little bit later or maybe we'll just bring that in next year when we do our TA <laughs> series we'll see there's a hook there, there it is I'm in um, but um, and they like to throw it in because it's a great way to look at how people communicate but that must have been I think I was in like in my early 20s mm-hmm. and I don't think I was ready for it mm. like it, it was like something on a piece of paper that was really nice and it sounded good but it was I didn't really think anything more of it until just over two years ago, I started to retrain as a coach. So my background is as an engineer. I spent 15 years working as an engineer and then I retrained as a coach. And one of my coaching modules was on transactional analysis taught by a woman called Lucy Power, who is incredible. And her sort of love and passion for TA is nothing short of infectious and that is exactly what happened you know she taught TA as that module and I was like oh my goodness this has to come back into my life now like this has to be part of what I do and what I learn and how I grow and so 
when I finished my coach training I then set off looking for right where else can I start to learn more about TA Mm -hmm. and I've never really looked back since yeah yeah absolutely I um I don't know where I found it I'm I was trying to think about on the drive up here and I don't know so I had counseling when I was about I want to say like early 20s I had counseling and I don't know whether that was the framework that they used and then I had it again probably I was about 27 28 and again I don't even know whether that was the one that the counselor used at the time and I almost messaged her yesterday actually to ask her if um, if that is her framework so somehow between having having counselling I found TA and I don't know whether that was a framework they used or because of my deeper interest in kind of counselling and counselling frameworks I did reading around it and I uh, we're on a car park at the moment as well in this <laughs> lovely little village it's um there's like scarecrows everywhere there's a oh, rugby yeah. team which I'm not gonna lie that that made me look twice <laughs> um so if you hear anything we're in a car park at the moment it's all part of the the experience absolutely um lost I've lost I need to get like all these slogans on um t-shirts I've lost where was I talking what was I saying? you were talking about counseling yes counseling somewhere between counseling yes. yes so I don't know whether it was further reading that I did or whether it was the framework that was used regardless it was helpful I it made sense to me as well and that was one of um one of Burns, like what he wanted to achieve, he wanted to make it accessible to people because at the time when he was practicing and, and starting with transactional analysis, things were so complex and you had to do all of these um, academic courses and things. And there wasn't that relationship with the person receiving therapy, the patient, uh, for want of a better word and the therapist there was quite a big bridge between the the two so he wanted to make something simple and maybe that's because why I like it um and then going on from that I did like a a level one intro into counseling skills and then um at the burn where we did uh, where we met I did the 101 mm-hmm. TA yep. and we'll call it TA as well just for ease that's transactional yes. analysis um, so I did the 101 TA and then from that was when I wanted to do the organisational transactional analysis and it's used in, in different areas so I wanted to go into care homes use um, the knowledge that I had the experience that I had and make a difference that was the reason why um, I started I think that the, the five years plan has kind of changed a little bit now but I still love the subject so that's my journey with TA and one of the things that it has done is it has really helped my relationship with my husband especially yes so for those that don't know, I feel like we should explain a bit more what TA is. Mm. So I explain it as like a traffic light. So you've got your, your your set of traffic lights with your three lights. And that's kind of the, the diagram that, that is the basic diagram that the three circles on top of each other. Mm-hmm. So these aren't kind of lit up. These are just three circles, but in that um, kind of setup where one's on top of each other. And within us, we've all got the adult parent child. And when you read up on TA and you become self-aware, you can then see it everywhere. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely everywhere. <laughs> and this doesn't mean that you, like any one of them's bad. So we're not saying that um, when you enter your child ego state that that's a bad thing. It's just about recognising it. So, for example, if you are in the supermarket and you're wanting a refund and the lady in front of you is talking a little bit too long and you start to have a tantrum and stamp your feet and, you know, I'm not getting my own way, recognise that that's coming from the child ego. And if that isn't serving you, if that's not helping you in life, if that's not helping other people around you, then that's the bit that you need to work on. How you can help that child um, and what needs does that child in us have so we've got the 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 three stacks of circles and then yeah the parent adult child and we've and you don't need to be a parent to have the parent within you no so your your, your parent ego state is made up of any influential big people from when you were a small person now it, they can also be influential big people that you meet as you're growing up through mm-hmm. your life but it will mainly be filled with a lot of influential big people and so within your parent ego state um so like my parent ego state would have my parents I grew up with my parents I might have some of my teachers in mm-hmm. there uh, it's probably I grew up in a really religious family it's probably got some religious leaders in there could have the the local corner shop owner in there you know it could be any influential big person so within that parent ego state that is all the things that you picked up from these influential big people you know you're either in or you're out that was that was one of the favorite things that that I now find myself saying but that isn't my thoughts I don't actually really care if my kids are in or out all the time um but that is that's something that came from from my parent ego state whereas in your child ego state that's the sense that your child or you as a child made of what the big people around you are doing so parent very much real people real real things going on there the child is about how you interpreted that when you were younger so what you made it mean when you heard you're either in or you're out for example and then in the middle of all that you've got your adult and your adult is when you are very much in the present you are accounting you are taking notice of the here and the now and not the there and then Mm -hmm. which is where you are when you're in parent and child mode but I'm wondering if it's worth even going back a step from our three circles to looking at the three core principles of TA Mm -hmm. so these are these are the things that I've I've for me, I've taken beyond being core principles, beyond being just something on a piece of paper, to I now call these my three rules for life. So the first of those is I'm okay, you're okay. And I think this is such a beautiful statement. When we're working with I'm okay, you're okay, it means that we're showing each other that real mutual level of respect, that I'm no better than you, you're no better than me. And that underneath everything, underneath whatever's happened to us in our lives even if we're really in a really difficult place underneath it all at our very very core no matter what we're still okay and it's important to differentiate I think between behavior and at your core Mm -hmm. because if we're going to accept I'm okay you're okay we accept that about everyone and we know that there are plenty of people in the world whose behavior is far from okay Mm -hmm. But what we're saying is underneath it all, they were born okay and they always have the potential to return to being okay. Yeah. 
And the second then rule is that we can all think for ourselves. So we all have the capacity to think for ourselves. We don't need someone else to do that for us. And that I feel is really empowering. And when I share that with coaching clients, that's exactly the sort of language that they use around it, that that is empowering, that they can, even in situations that are out of your control, you can always think for yourself and you can always think about how you feel about this situation and you can always choose how you're going to respond. Yeah. And then the third and final of these three core principles of my third rule for life is that change is possible. Mm-hmm. So what Byrne said is, um, we all decide our fate and we can change our mind at any time. And I love that. That really links back nicely for me with this idea of I'm okay, you're okay, and taking away the, the not okay behaviours because change is possible. And with what we know from modern neuroscience, the change is quite literally physical, physically possible as well because we can rewire our brains so we can change the way that we think and we feel and we act. It takes effort, of course it yeah. does, but it is possible. And so... Those three core principles for me, it just makes TA like such a hopeful theory. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, whenever I think of it, I think of it as being happy and hopeful. And I'm going to say like anything's possible, but not in like that really cheesy, like I'm going to be a millionaire overnight. <laughs> but, you know, but like, but that I can change, you know, I can I can get out of being in one of these ego states, for example, that actually really doesn't work for me very much anymore because I can change that at any time. Yeah, when you were talking about that I'm okay, it's, um, it made me feel really quite emotional thinking about a scenario that I brought to the class when we um, were on training, in training. And so what had happened, and this might kind of wrap those two things up that we've both discussed mm. um, with an example. So I don't like trifle don't like cold custard on anything i think it's just horrible um like what are those like creme brulees and things like oh, that yeah. like they're not so, the ones yeah i don't like that and <laughs> i'm not a massive fan of jelly there's something about the texture i don't like bananas or mashed potato either so although i am getting better with mash portion like the little portions so we were going to a friend's house and lisa always does a trifle and she put so much effort and it, it, it looks great and up until that part my husband had already always come with me. So he had two portions. <laughs> but he wasn't coming with me this night. It was just me. So now I need to come clean. But I don't want to make Lisa um, under pressure. I don't want her to think that she had to do something different for me. So I took one of those little goo pots, a little lemon cheesecake, and we went for the meal and I was like, oh, Lisa, uh, you know, I'm not a fan of trifle. It's not your trifle. It's just trifle. Um, and I bought my own. And she's like, yeah, yeah, fine. Just put them in the fridge, check. And there was something about that transaction with the transaction. So that's why it's called transactional analysis. So there was a transaction there between me and Lisa. There was something about that that just made me feel so accepted for who I am and where I'm at. So Lisa didn't go into her critical parent and like, do you know how much effort I spent all day all doing this trifle and, you know, I've cut the fruit by, you know, none mm-hmm. of that. And she wasn't like, oh, go on, just have a piece, just have a piece. It was just, yeah, just put yours in the fridge, it's fine. And when I brought that back to the lesson, that's when our lecturer then said about 
I'm okay, you're okay. So I was okay with my decision. I was okay. It's okay not to like trifle. It's okay to um, bring something that doesn't put Lisa out. And it's okay from Lisa's perspective to make trifle and me not to like it. Yeah. So she wasn't bringing something like her mum might have said, like, well, you'll sit there until you finish it, <laughs> until your plate's clean. <laughs> and, and this is what we're talking about. So this is the bringing those, how you can see that I'm okay, you're okay, and um, the adult parent-child examples. So tying those together. And I think that in relationships, certainly up until my marriage there was a lot of, I'm not okay, you're okay. Mm. And what that means is, is that my, an ex-partner of mine would be okay, everything's fine, Mm -hmm. but I'm in an exhausted pile on the floor because I'm trying to make them okay whilst not being okay myself. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, and, and do you know what? That's a very important part of TA for me, but I always forget it. And then every time someone reminds me of it, I'm like, oh my God, yeah, and the, you know, there's something about that as well because out of all my TA books, that's the one the dog chewed. No. Yeah. So I was like, well, Dioji is okay with me not being okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is about that. Brilliant. But I find that so valuable. Mm. And as soon as you said it, I was like, oh, and that's probably where the emotion came from mm. as well because it's like, yeah, I'd, I'd actually forgotten about that. And I think for me as well, you know, anything else, when it comes to TA, and this, again, this is one of the things that I love about it, that I remember, um, you know, our lecturer sort of saying, if there's a part of it that just doesn't land with you, then just put that to one side. But if you can't get on board with those three core principles, then TA is probably not the theory for you. But if you can, if you can sort of get your head around, I'm okay, you're okay, we can all think and change is possible, then like strap in because mm-hmm. and enjoy the ride because you know ta is it is really it's really transformative you mm-hmm. know once you actually really start to look at yourself through that ta lens yeah it's it's it can be life-changing yeah yeah absolutely and that's really why i wanted to talk to you today to kind of get the bang the ta drum a little bit mm-hmm. and then um I'm putting the pressure on you here. But then next year, if we do that series where we've got these little segments so we can go deeper into the I'm okay, you're not okay. And then we'll have the presentation going, we'll have all sorts going um, to make it easier for people to kind of go through because it, it really has helped me. And when I look at my relationship with my husband and also my interactions with people in general as well, Mm. you know, if I can see that they are coming from the the child ego I then don't get drawn into it and that's the choice that we have do we get drawn into these transactions or do we remain as the adult in the present not kind of taking it on like personally do we remain in the adult or do we kind of get involved with these games Mm. and that's another thing about the games that people play games yep have you read that book I haven't. I, I started reading the it's book. It's a difficult read. It's a, it is a difficult read. You know, it's funny because when you were saying at the start about Bird wanted to make it really accessible, but I think he actually forgot. Yeah, I like, just contradicted myself. No, but I? I think he forgot like how clever he was. Like, I think he thought he was like speaking to the layman. Um, but actually, I think I started to read games that people play like too early. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I didn't have like the foundations right yeah yeah because now when I look back through like I've gone through 
sections of games people play to look further into the games and now it makes a lot more sense because now I've sort of I'm building on those foundations rather than just trying to like dive straight in and and understand like game theory yeah for example but yeah it's um it's interesting and plus you know it's it was written a while ago right you know burn's not with us anymore um and as much as there are some you know obviously great transactional analysis who are writing uh, transactional analysts sorry who are writing you know great works um you know taking it back to the original stuff you know you're going back a few decades so it is sometimes like you're in another era which you really are. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what the games would be now like if there was a revised edition. Yeah, they have different um, names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so some of them, I think it's like 116 pages. It's not a very big book. And I think that's where the deceit comes in. Because <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah, I could just read this. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it took me weeks to read it. Because it's like <laughs> you have to read a game. And then you think of examples of when that might have happened. Mm -hmm. And then you realise, oh, well, actually, maybe I've got it mixed up with something else. So, yeah, I totally agree. If that's your first entry to TA, then doing some some of the groundwork Mm. and then revisiting it um, and having a look at it. And there's a few games in there. And and again, when you recognise the games that people play, you can then make the decision of, do you play it? Yeah. Well, this is the thing around transactional analysis for me and around coaching in general, you know, why I love coaching, because for me, it's all about raising your self-awareness and self-awareness and that journey to being more self-aware can be really brutal because it is like, you know, you are literally holding that mirror up and looking at like the good, the bad, the ugly and the real good, bad and ugly, not just the stuff that you think or that other people have told you, you know, you're taking that real, um, that real and true view of yourself. But the beautiful thing about self-awareness is it then gives you the power Mm -hmm. to choose because you are no longer sort of acting out of ignorance. You're no longer acting out of auto control out of uh, autopilot even you know you you can now grab the steering wheel and take control and therefore you can choose to do things differently yeah um and you know game theory is is one of those great parts of ta that again once you get your head around it it's like oh my goodness games games everywhere and um stephen cartman um developed the um drama triangle Mm -hmm as a way of sort of trying to help explain game theory, because game theory is like a formula, yeah, which, yeah, you know, yeah. like if you're, I mean, I know I was an engineer, but I actually have a real aversion to maths. So <laughs> as, soon, <laughs> as soon as I see a formula, I'm like, ugh. Whereas the drama triangle then sort of helps explain these different positions that you might find yourself in. And again, makes it a bit more accessible um, and a bit more fun, you know, because I do a lot of stuff around drama triangle work. Should we explain what the drama triangle is? Yeah, let's explain what the drama triangle is. So, first, What is your example first? I don't want to kind of mess up what you were going to do. No, example. I've already forgotten what I was going to do for my example, so it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's totally cool. We'll explain what the drama triangle is. So the drama triangle. So for this, if you imagine um, an inverted triangle, so you've got the two points at the top and one at the bottom, and there are three different positions on the drama triangle. So you have your persecutor. And so Jenna talked earlier about... If someone is in an I'm okay, you're not okay, um, we call that like a one-up position. So when we're in I'm okay, you're okay, we're, we're level, we're equal, we're there together. Um, but a persecutor is in an I'm okay, you're not okay. They see themselves in a one-up. And 
a persecutor is they are they're always right they're very derogatory though about people who are then wrong so it's very much my way or the highway um if you'd have only done it like this if you'd have only listened to me in the first place i don't understand why on earth you can't see this and because i can't understand your point of view i'm going to call you all names under the sun Mm -hmm. Uh, and this takes up your top left position on the drama triangle your top right position is taken up by the rescuer and the rescuer also sees themselves in a one-up position they see i'm okay you're not okay but they come at it from an almost holier than thou perspective don't worry everyone i'm here I'll sort this out now. Look, I know you find that really difficult. So next time it comes up, you send that to me. Mm -hmm. I'll sort it out. I'm here. I can do it. So both persecutors and rescuers don't allow you to sort of think for yourselves. They're forgetting, one, that I'm okay, you're okay. And they're forgetting that we can all think for ourselves, right? And then in that bottom position on the triangle, we have the victim. Victims take no responsibility for the position that they're in. They take no ownership of what is going on in their lives. And they see it as, woe is me. Mm -hmm. You will never understand this because you don't have to deal with all the things that I have to deal with. And so the drama triangle, these positions then on the drama triangle, what happens is we all have sort of our go-to position what's yours i'm a go-to persecutor oh yes i'm a rescuer yeah no yeah persecutor and i'm a chronic recovering rescuer yeah chronic recovering persecutor (laughs) as well i like to think that generally i've gone past persecuting and shouting and and wagging my finger but not always because i'm not a not perfect i'm a work in progress um and what happens is we jump onto the drama triangle during a game and we then dance around it a bit and we might exchange positions Mm -hmm. and at some point there's like this switch that happens and when we're talking about drama when we're talking about games it's when we then have this moment where we go how the hell did I get here I was on how on earth did this happen I was only trying to do this that or the other I was only trying to help them I was only trying to tell them the better thing the better way for them to do something And what happens is we'll kind of dance around the triangle a little bit and then we get spat out in a whole new position. So I get then spat out in in victim um, because then I'm thinking, oh, I can't believe that they've got cross with me. Like I was only trying to tell them the way that I would do it. And obviously the way that I would do it is right. (laughs) Um, And this is this is the drama triangle. You know, this is this is what happens when we when we have those interactions where we both come away feeling a bit crap. Mm hmm. Um, but the drama triangle again it's just for me it's a beautiful thing it really illustrates that so so nicely and so neatly yeah 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 and and it's not always um sometimes it's a bit more subtle as well than like the examples given so I remember um the first time that I was kind of aware of it and do you know what this is where I first found TA Oh. Yeah, it was in counselling. I don't know whether that was a framework that she used, but she she made me aware of the drama triangle mm-hmm. and then I read about the drama triangle. That that's there we it. go. There we go. Exclusive. Got it. Bing. <laughs> um Yeah, so what had happened was I was on a training course, I was a trainer, and the, I was both the 
persecutor and the rescuer mm-hmm. um, and some of the learners were victims and my gosh I was completely exhausted by the end of the session because so what had happened was some of the standards had changed and they needed to I say some of the standards had changed it was basically the same thing, but packaged differently. Like that, that was it. So how they assess people in the workplace and things like that. It was just a different set of documents, mm-hmm. but it's what we've said we've always done. So there wasn't really that much change. It was just the documentation. I was, I was doing a course to, to show them the documentation and I was then the persecutor because they they didn't want to be there, but I was telling them they need to do more work. You need to do more, was their interpretation. Mm -hmm. You need to do more work, more work, more work, more work. But that wasn't, um, it wasn't actually more work. It was the same, just packaged differently. So then as they were giving me problems, I was then trying to fix them and rescue it and trying to, oh, well, if you do this or if you do that, or we'll print this or we'll send you this or I'll do this link, I'll do this. And the more, so then we were in like the yes, but game. Like, yes, but... Oh, well, what about this? Yes, but. Oh, well, what about this? Yes, but. And then I remember walking into reception and there was this lady and I, I can't remember her name. Uh, let's say her name was Jenny. And I was like, Jenny, I know this isn't your job, but I feel like I'm being fed to the lions. Can you please, please print this off for me? Please, <laughs> quickly, please. <laughs> and that wasn't good enough either. Um, and, and that carried on for two days. Oh. And I, but if I was aware of the drama triangle and games, I wouldn't have last, made it last for two days. Mm-hmm. I can guarantee that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was my entry into TA. Brilliant. A complete, I was exhausted and I was so confused. Like, why aren't all my efforts helpful? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I drove home super confused. And then I must have had a, a counselling session afterwards, or maybe not immediately afterwards, but we, I spoke about it. And that that was it. That was where I found out. So the drama triangle, yes, I remember now. There we go. And then, of course, the opposite of the drama triangle, we have the winner's triangle. Yeah, yeah. So then what I love about this is, you know, it's not like we don't just highlight this and then, like, leave you to it. You know, um, AC Toy then came up with the winner's triangle as the way to sort of, like positions that we can take on instead that just by making sort of real subtle shifts in the way that we do things means that we don't end up on that drama triangle at the end of it we don't come away feeling crap Mm -hmm. and so should we just explain that one real real quick yeah yeah so again it's the same triangle the same inverted triangle but instead of having a persecutor in in this triangle you've got assertive So when you're on the winner's triangle, I should say first, you're always remembering the three core principles of TA. And as long as you remember those three core principles, you cannot end up in a game. You cannot end up on the drama triangle. And we're all at risk as well. Like, I I will still enter games as well, even though I've got an awareness. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my goodness, yes. It it won't stop it. But but (laughs) you do, you you are more aware of it. Mm -hmm. But it will stop it a lot. It will stop it a yeah, lot. Yeah, it will definitely reduce it. And because, but also, you know, you you can play over on the winner's triangle, which I'll explain slightly more in a minute. Doesn't mean that someone else isn't still going to try and pull you back mm-hmm. onto the drama triangle. But you just, you can keep RSVP and no, I'm all right. 
how about you come and join me on my nice winner's triangle? Because when we dance around this one, we don't come away feeling crap Mm -hmm. because we're remembering our three core principles. So when we're assertive, we are able to ask for those things that we need, but without belittling or berating others. You know, it could be along the lines of, I don't like it when you speak to me like that. What can we change so that this can be a really productive conversation? Rather than persecute, how dare you talk to me like that? Who do you think, you know, real subtle shift. I'm asking for what I want. I want my needs to be met, but I'm not doing it in a way that belittles you. Mm -hmm. In our other top position, we have caring instead of a rescuer. And caring, when you are caring, you are making it known that you are available to help someone else but what you are not doing is taking away that person's ability to think and do for themselves like the rescuer does it's almost like coming in and saying look I have resources they're available to you you let me know what you need and I'm here to support you and I think with that one as well because you give less of yourself there is less of an expectation. So, like you say, with the drama triangle, we kind of feel a bit crap afterwards mm. because I'm giving, giving, giving. Well, all the printouts didn't work, did they? All the links I sent didn't work. All that extra stuff didn't work. But then if you say, well, do you know what? At the end of class, if you're still not sure or if we should sit down about it now and talk about it, but you're not giving all of like, you, there's a you've got to give me a little bit as well Mm. like so you don't take it as personally Mm. as from the rescuer's perspective yeah absolutely absolutely you're not flying in anymore with your cloak on your superhero cape and i i know what it is that you need to fix Mm -hmm. this instead you're saying you know it's almost like like i'll hand you your own cape and i will support you as you are as you you know fix this yourself but you need to let me know what you need yeah 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 and so then instead of our victim in our bottom position on the winner's triangle we have vulnerable and when we're vulnerable we know that we need help we know that we're in a sticky situation but we're not forgetting that underneath it all we're okay Mm -hmm. that we can still think for ourselves and that things can change for us so when we're in the vulnerable position we can ask for the help that we need but we also know it's okay for the other people to say no Mm -hmm. you know and there's no longer a you know very often you might find on the drama triangle if someone's in victim and they ask for help and someone says no the victim very quickly switches to persecutor Mm -hmm. for how on earth could you not help me with this blah 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 you can imagine the rest so when you're vulnerable you're you're saying yeah actually hand up here i need i need something I'm going to raise my hand, I'm going to ask for it and I'm hoping that you can help me but even if you can't, I'll still be okay. And again, I think it's just such a beautiful way of being able to still say, right now I don't feel okay because this is one of my big, it's one of my big gripes, Gemma. <laughs> Jenna, I just called you Gemma, I've never called her. I answered. Because you know what? not your name. <laughs> Do you know what? Driving here, I was like, don't call her Sarah. Don't call her Sarah. And I'm like, my, why my am I going to call her? called Sarah. I, I mean, like, not that you, you know her, but that's so weird. So sorry, Jenna. But this is one of my big gripes on we'll social put, media. We'll put a, um, you know, like when you watch a, a Spanish film with subtitles, oh, like yeah. we'll put a really, <laughs> and it will say Jenna. <laughs> yes, let's do that. Thank you. Let's, let's cover up that blunder. Yeah. 
<laughs> perfect example perfect example but yeah i hate on social media this whole idea around um it's like the good good vibes only tribe oh my goodness me toxic no. positivity so much toxic positivity and what i like about ta is you know it's very much this idea if we want to have a human experience like we need to feel mm-hmm. all the feelings and that's what i like around the winner's triangle that it's okay to feel vulnerable it's okay to at some point not feel so good yeah um you don't have to you know put a sticking plaster over it and, and paint a smile on your face and pretend that everything's all right um and so that's something that i again it's just another reason why ta sits so nicely with me but to go back to what you said earlier around you still get caught in games yeah absolutely and what you find is the the further out from people it's a bit like we can mix this a little bit with like Stephen R. Covey's circles of influence mm-hmm. stuff because the further out people are from us for me mu- it's so much easier to not get caught yeah. in games with them and the closer and closer and closer you come the more difficult it is because these people have more influence over your lives. So, you know, I've made... And those games have been going on for a long time as like, well. so long, so long. I mean, I had a great example. Um, I, I won't go into the whole details of it, but I had a great game with my dad about TA. <laughs> <laughs> like of all the things. <laughs> and I could feel it and I could feel, they call, we call it the hook in TA. Someone's trying to, to hook you in. And I could feel it. And I'm thinking, no, don't do it. I'm thinking, you practice what you preach here. (laughs) Rise above it. And then there literally was a moment where I've gone, sod it, I'm in. And that's (laughs) it. You know, and I jumped into that game full throttle. And I jumped in in my usual persecutor role uh, position. And I jumped out of there in victim. And But it's just, you know, that's what happens. But but I can recognise that now. Pardon? Look what you made I me know. do. <laughs> but I can recognise that now. And so now, mm-hmm. you know, it makes it even harder to get into a game with people because I'm more self-aware. I'm more, I'm more aware of when it is that I'm triggered into these things. Yeah, and I think for me, it makes it easier for me and my husband to apologise because now we are very aware of what is our kind of ego stuff. So like today, um, I'd had a bit of a bad day, nothing to do with my guest Sarah here. (laughs) 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 Nothing to do with Becky at all, (laughs) completely different. And I was at the point where I felt I was going to snap. I felt so stressed and tense and I text my husband and I was like, Rob, please don't try and be funny today. I no, like because he knows that I was stressed about the situation and then he would try and make me feel better by trying making light of it. And mm-hmm. it's like, no, not today, not today, not today. Now, what didn't happen is I didn't. Um, so what did happen? Sorry, was I told him where I was at and I told him what was a need of mine and that was please don't do this because I am pretty certain that I'll just go bananas if you do (laughs) and I think it just makes you so much more self-aware to say look I I know that if this leads to this I know what my normal response is so let's just not go there and like with my husband so if he is feeling um 
a little bit like mopey or whatever or he needs like a little bit more attention or something um and then he might you know if he he feels like I've neglected him where I've prioritized the washing or the dogs or something yet he's feeling a little bit like he needs some attention there's no argument because it's like babe do you know what I've had a really crappy day I just need a hug Mm -hmm. and there's none of this well you never do this and you never do that and like there's none of that in our relationship and I I truly believe that is because of TA and because what we started doing during lockdown was watching um Bob Cook's videos um so Bob Cook and I can't remember Rory I can't remember his surname at the Manchester so it's probably like the burn and Manchester and you've probably got like this rivalry or something oh, right. you know like the Milky Way <laughs> the red car and the blue car um <laughs> but yeah I started watching those videos uh, with my husband and so by default he now really likes TA oh. um and yeah it it helps us to say sorry more it helps us say do you know what this is my stuff um this is me turning into my mum or my dad and I'm sorry and I'm aware of it now mm. and like I say this is the this is for me is the whole beautiful thing around it it's that self-awareness it gives you that power to choose and I mean you're really lucky I love that Rob also has this interest in TA because that often isn't what happens right and what I sometimes feel like self-awareness can almost be like a bit of a curse Mm. because (laughs) if you're then dealing with someone who isn't self-aware and you know you've got the power to choose sometimes it feels like you've always got to be the one Mm -hmm. to like you know be the grown-up in this situation and you know and and not go into your old less useful ways of sort of thinking being and doing and to keep you know from an argument from a you know whatever and so yeah I sometimes think like if only everyone had this level of self-awareness and then I wouldn't always feel like it had to be me but here I am in my victim it always has to be me who makes the change but really there's no curse about it it is it really is only a blessing to be able to know yourself enough to know when you're going to be pulled into those things and to then choose differently because as you rightly say the impact it can then have on your relationships whether they're your personal relationships whether that's your working relationships can be absolutely immense yeah and I remember there was um there was a lady that was leaving our office and oh my gosh so Rob had I'd I'd um what do you call it when you kind of send someone away? What do you call send it? Send someone away? Yeah, I'd like... Oh, what's that word called? There's, there's people listening to this screaming. There's the screaming the word. You know, like under one, you under what context are you sending someone he away? He was doing my head in. Oh, right, like dismissed him? Like, no, no, I sent him to Spain. Oh. <laughs> in the comments. I can't think of what the word is. Like, I'd sent him away anyway. I'd made him leave because he was just doing my head in. It was during one of the lockdowns. And what was happening was, because I am quite independent, I was really struggling in the house because me and Rob were living and working together. So I would go upstairs because I felt like I needed a bit of space and that was the only space that we had like upstairs and then he would kind of 
see that I was trying to get some space so then he would get needy and then he would follow me up the stairs (laughs) and go downstairs so I sent him away and I can't think what the word is that I'm thinking of but anyway so I sent him to his parents um in Spain just to go just to leave me (laughs) I've got like banished in my head banished is that the word banished that's the word you're looking for banished into Spain (laughs) I love that and um I think that there was a connection with Rob possibly being like the parent figure in the office and I think one of the members of the one that was leaving had become somewhat dependent on Rob Mm. so then when he wasn't in the office rather than being able to regulate those emotions and kind of work out what it is or have conversations she wanted to take everything out on me Mm. and I remember um being sat in the office and there was there was two other people and I felt like I I was being bullied in my own office and I was um sat there doing my work thinking don't enter into this Jen don't enter into it like acknowledge her um if she needs any help or support but above that don't enter into all of these things that she's doing all these behaviors um and she was like really trying so <laughs> i remember walking to the toilet but she didn't just walk to the toilet oh no it was like <laughs> oh yeah so everyone knew she was going yeah yeah <laughs> and then it, it got more and more extreme so i was still i wasn't like ignoring her i was anything to do with work i was helping her with but all of this extra stuff i wasn't because it didn't matter i didn't believe it mattered what I would say Mm. it was going to be wrong anyway because Rob wasn't there and that was what she wanted she wanted Rob there not me and I remember we've got this like Ikea shelf in the stationery cupboard and she like held on to the the top part of it and then like lifted up and I'm thinking she wants that to fall on her she wants something to happen so I can go what? Oh God, just said a name. Can we beep that out, please? <laughs> like, what are you doing? And because then we would have entered into a game. Mm. Like, oh, you're always telling, like, you're always having a go mm. at me. I can never do anything right. I was just putting the files away or whatever. I was just restocking the stationery cupboard. But I was so aware not to enter into these games with it and and she left um when rob came back even though it was very difficult for me to see all of these invitations to these games it was so much easier than not than being in these games mm. because it would have just gone yeah and just, and just like, exploded yeah yeah um I can't remember if I've forgotten what my point was there, but that was... <laughs> I was talking about the the blessing versus oh, curse yes, of self-awareness and how you have to then be the one. And what you're, yes. what you're talking about with you. the nameless person, um, it made me think about strokes as well, which, you know, is another mm. great part of ta theory and 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 strokes is a is um it's a unit of recognition and it's called a stroke because it's something that's given but received as well but like stroking your dog stroking your cat um and how we learn uh and we adapt our behaviors when we're younger depending on what we are stroked for 
and how very often then as adults we continue those behaviours because that's what we know and that's how we get our units of recognition. So even, you know, strokes can be shouting, it can be, you know, oh, being yeah. scolded. You know, they, they can be the cold, call these uh, cold prickles because they're, they're not nice, but it's a way of us being recognised and that's one of our human needs, which is again, you know, Byrne talks about our needs and our need for recognition. So we carry on doing those things where before we would have got our strokes for and so it's really difficult then for people to understand why am I not getting stroked for this Mm. anymore this is what I've always done and I've always had recognition for stomping off to the toilet I've always had recognition for you know whatever else it was that she was trying to draw you into that you weren't doing anymore so she wasn't having her strokes met and therefore she's lashing out because she just wants to be seen she just wants to be recognized that honestly we're gonna have you keep you've said a couple of times around not putting you and me under pressure like there's no pressure <laughs> like i'm in like <laughs> i'm in in the new year because we'll have so much fun with this yeah. because there are so many different facets and elements to ta that when you do sort of break them down look at them individually and really get to know them and understand how they are then impacting your lives and then you start to piece them together it's just it's fun it is fun I want TA to feel fun Mm. not to feel hard and heavy I think too often when we're when we're doing self-awareness work it's sort of sold as having to be hard and heavy and you know what yeah it's not always going to be you know unicorns and rainbows but you know that we can learn to laugh at ourselves a little Mm -hmm. bit for like those ways of thinking being and doing that we've had and be like oh yeah actually maybe I just don't want to do that anymore rather than you know we don't have to beat ourselves up for it we can just decide that we're going to do it differently. Yeah, and we're just talking about strokes. Um, so there's, there's two examples that I've got. One is the dog and one is me. And I know that I have a need that needs to be met and that has given me recognition. So if I've worked on a project at work, it's got nothing to do with anyone else. Nothing at all. Won't impact their work at all. I will pirouette into that office and I will say, tell me I've done a good job, please. <laughs> Look at this. Look at this. Check what do my you bad think? Self. Yeah, because I am aware that I have worked so hard for whatever that is, and for for a moment, I just need someone to say you've done a really good job there. Mm-hmm. And again, like you say, if we were to trace that back to childhood. Maybe that was how I got recognition, or maybe that was what I really wanted, and it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I saw others having it. But that is my recognition, so I don't get frustrated when the the team in the office don't say oh Jen that project that you worked on you did a really good job because that might not be important to them or Mm. that might not be how they give um their strokes Mm. you know they might make me a brew and that might be their thing to say well done but I know that I need to hear those words and if I don't tell someone I need to hear those words I can't get mad at them no when I don't get them no so that, that's the first stroke story. And the second one is, again, going back to lockdown. So I was walking the dog, Sam. We only had one at that time. And walking, walking, walking. And I remember coming home and saying to my husband, like, oh, my gosh, I think Sam's getting depressed. I think he's getting really down. Like, no one wants to say hello to him or come and stroke him. And Sam is so sociable. Sam wasn't sad. I was sad. <laughs> <laughs> 
but it took me a little while to work out that it's not Sam, it, it's me. Yeah. All these tiny interactions build up. So everyone, when we go to the, the checkout and we say, oh, hello, how are you? Are you having a good day? Like, you know, what time are you on till? And whatever, that's me having that conversation with the checkout staff. Um, you know, all of these little, little strokes and transactions, they build up. Yeah. And without them... Like it can be really difficult. So it's recognizing what needs do we have and then how do we get those needs met with the people around us? How how can we communicate that in a way that isn't oh you never you you never thank me, you never say I've done a good job, you never do this. Yeah. Yeah. And I told you I need that. Yeah. Yeah. How do I ask for this in an inappropriate way? Because I want I want I want my needs to be met, but I'm also a grown up now and an adult and I know that stamping my feet is not how I how I choose to get those met anymore. Yeah. 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 And definitely with you saying then about you know how I was trying to think <laughs> of which ones which ones do I do? Because I know that I have made a very, very conscious effort not to like turn into my parents. Mm-hmm. Like I really, really have and try and like not to um become too much of a critical parent and tell Rob off. Tell Rob off. Tell Listen him off. Me. Tell him Listen off. me. But, the, but you, you know, you're, you're laughing, but that is the dynamic within so many relationships. So yeah, carry on. You're trying not to tell him off. Yeah, I am. I am. And when you say about the, the self-awareness, it can be tight. And it's like that um, incident at work with me where it, it was difficult not to engage in those games, but it wasn't as exhausting if I had have engaged in them. And I think that if we are working with someone or um, engaging with someone who hasn't got that self-awareness, we do have to do a little bit more work. And we have to think, okay, how can I word this? How can I ask? You know, so one of them was a a recent one was um, part of work wasn't getting done. And there was two members of staff that were kind of winding each other up. How can you have a conversation that doesn't suggest you're telling them off? Mm -hmm. And these are the conversations that me and Rob have. How can we not become the parents in the office? So what the conversation was um, that we decided on was this is the outcome. Um, and this was given with support with um, the, cla- the class, um, the TA class. This is the outcome. This is what I'm prepared to do to meet it. This is your responsibility in order for us to meet it. Mm-hmm. What are you able to do to meet it? Are you able to meet your responsibilities? So there's no emotion. There's no, well, you always do this. There's no, please do it. Please. Yeah. (laughs) You know, this is the outcome. This is my role and this is your role. Are you prepared to do that? Mm. And that does take, that took, gosh, I'm not sure how, how long we'd spent having that conversation before we came up with with that Mm. outcome yeah but the thing is the more that it's practiced the easier those conversations become and when it works oh my gosh (laughs) when it works shall we leave it at that for now shall we leave it at when it works we'll leave you we'll leave you on a cliffhanger (laughs) yeah i feel that um, i feel that we're at risk of explaining it in not a very succinct order yeah Um, yeah, so i think that if we get some structure Mm. and 
yeah, we, we really do a good job of helping to explain visually as well for those that are watching on YouTube. Yes. Um, but I can put a link up or something so people can kind of, if we do have any presentations or whatever, so people can then go back to them. And yeah, because it's it's definitely something that I would want to work hard on um, with you towards in order to help as many people as possible because it just makes sense. It just makes sense. It really does. It does. And the final question then. Dun, dun, dun. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Do you know, I'm just going to I'm going to let your listeners in on a secret because Oh no, is this a train? No. Oh no. It's, it's someone just driving around the car park. <laughs> We're not in the middle of a train line, Jenna. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like the van was moving then. The best piece of advice and I was glad actually that you because Jenna said to me like this is the only thing that she said I'm going to ask you what's the best people and it's a good job she did because I was really really stuck I was thinking about like mantras that I've lived by like my family one is like feel the fear and do it anyway and then I thought but that's not really advice anyway it came to me and this came from my own coach uh, she's a lady called Cindy Ferreira I've been working with her for ages it's wonderful and she once said to me no one has weaknesses until they overuse their strengths and at first I was a bit like nah like I'm not I'm not sure I'm on board with that. And then the more I thought about it, the more I saw it everywhere. So I'll be really quick with an example here. So like my background in engineering, it's en- it was engineering and project management. So as such, I'm a very analytical thinker, very critical thinker. I'm able to see big picture and then work everything back in little steps, see where problems might be. But what that meant in my me now as business owner, Becky, I spent too long thinking and so then it stopped me. So then my 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 critical thinking and my analytical brain actually became my weakness because mm-hmm. it kept me stuck in procrastination. Got you got you got yeah. And think about if you're a really kind person, you're someone who you know that's something that you consider to be really good about yourself. That you help others out. You you give to them in whatever way. Doing that too much can become your biggest weakness because it means. Maybe people start to take advantage of you. Maybe because you're really kind, you then set expectation levels for other people. That means that you expect them to do the things that you are then doing and they just don't, they're just not willing to meet that. Mm. So ha- have a think on it. Because like I say, when she first said it, I was a bit like, mm, I'm not so sure. Just remind me again what it was. So, Because I was trying to think while you were Yeah, no, it. that's fine. So nobody has a weakness until they start to overuse their strengths all about finding that balance but honestly now you'll see it everywhere Mm. you will see it everywhere yeah yeah start to find that balance yeah think on that (laughs) well thank you very very much and i'm so looking forward to um to what the show looks like so it'll be like a separate little show probably about 10 maybe depends Um, depends how long we decide we're going to talk for yeah and we'll 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 break it down into like one section so we've talked today about the winner's triangle the drama's triangle Mm -hmm. i'm okay you're okay Mm -hmm. strokes but we'll break those down um so it's bite-sized chunks yeah so it's really easy to digest, nice and simple, lots of sort of relevant real life stuff yeah. we talked about, didn't we? How this, why does this matter in your personal life? How does this matter in your professional life? So that you can start to see it and use it everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much. I really, really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you.